Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech Podcast, a roundtable discussion with leading WordPress and tech experts, hosted by Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and Tech. It's episode 678. Got a great panel. I've got some great guests and um, it should be a great show. I'm going to let the guests introduce themselves. We've got a special guest, a special friend. We've got Vito. He's lucky to be with us. He had some problems with British immigration. They, they, He had to work his persuasive CEO charm on him. It worked. He's able to be here. So, Vito, would you, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? Yes. My name is Vito. I'm tired because I slept two hours coming from a conference in Germany. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to do my best to serve the conversation today. It's much appreciated. <laughs> I've got my friend Spencer. Spencer, how are you feeling? How's the tongue? Have you recovered? Uh, uh, the, like life comes in three. So uh, the tongue is recovered and I'm clear. There was no nothing to worry about. So, And then I got a week of a cold not COVID, from my 11-year-old. Mm-hmm. And so this week I'm hoping is the nothing else new because, you know, they say it comes in threes. So I'm hoping that after the show, it's a do-over. But otherwise, I'm, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Oh, well, we've got my beloved Sharon. <clears throat> has to put up with me, but there we go. Uh, Sharon, would you like to introduce yourself to the tribe? Well, I think you already did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sharon. uh, Hi, Vito. Good to see you again. Hi, Sharon. Yes. We've got another another colleague, probably the most intelligent, actually, got a cat. Uh, uh, So there we go. We finally have the Brady Bunch, too, because I can just do like, hey, Sally. Hey, Sally. No, it's more like Hollywood Squares, if you know. Uh, Yeah, that's true, too. Hi, Heather. Hi. Um, I've got uh, oh, I've got another cat as well. Oh, we did, we did, the show numbers are going to escalate. More cats I have on the show, the better. Um, Sally, Sally, uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, I'm Sally Getz, the WP fangirl. Uh, and uh, what do I want to say? I, too, have run afoul of British immigration. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I've uh, got my friend Heather. Heather, no cat though. Where's the cat, Heather? My cat died. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> oh. Uh, no, it's okay. Oh, um, it made me feel bad. <laughs> no, that's okay. My my ex got him in the divorce anyway. Um, but uh, I am. Um, um, <laughs> oh, oh, he didn't kill him, did he? <laughs> did he kill <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so I'm Heather Wild Renzi. I am the CTO of The Difference Consulting, and I am jet lagged from uh, just getting back from the World's Fair. So oh, join Vito. Vito, he's a bit jet lagged. He had a lovely conversation with British immigration. What a prospect that must be. Our, um, so on to our stories. Um, I always pronounce this well lot. Oh, before we go into the stories, I almost forgot. I almost forgot. We need to go into a quick break to hear from my major sponsor, Castos. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Hi there, folks. I just wanted to tell you about our major sponsor, and that's Castos. If you're looking to get into podcasting for yourself or for clients, you need a top quality podcasting platform, and that's what you get with Castos. It has a superb interface, really easy to use, and you're not penalised for success. They have a flat rate pricing structure. Don't matter how many podcasts you make, how many downloads you achieve, you'll just pray at one fixed rate with Castos. Plus there's support and just the quality of the people are just amazing. We're coming back. Oh my God, I almost forgot that. That's the most important part of the show, Tribe. Uh, um, if you if you uh, want to 
hear more about Castos and they've got a great special offer drive, plus some of the other great sponsors like Launch Flows and um, uh, Bertha. If they've all got great offers and also got a great list of plugins and other WordPress services. To get all these goodies, all you have to go to is go to WPTonic slash recommendations and you'll find them all there. So into the first story, I'm going to mispronounce this as normal. Where log, I never pronounce it, raises 45 million. We got. We got. They always struggle. Why do people always choose unpronounceable names for their plugins? Well, I don't this one know. actually has a meaning um, oh, well. because oh, well. glot is one of those uh, uh, <clears throat> Latin or Greek roots uh, referring to language. It's literally uh, your glossus is your tongue. Yes. And this name actually is a good name based upon my, it's like, I think it's like we. And then language, you know, glottis. Well, I, I, I didn't study my compre- English comprehensive. <laughs> they, they didn't study Greek and Latin, Spencer. So, um, I, you know, it might be easy for you, but it's definitely not easy uh, for me. So, there we go. But, you know, Sally was a classicist. Obviously, you went, you went to a top or, university, you know, Spencer. Shows. There we go. So, do you want to start with this, Spencer? What do you I will. These are, these are clients of mine and an amazing team, and they just took on money because the thing that is terrific about their service, which is really unique. Now, there's other players in the space like WPML and there's PolyLang and so forth. But what's really unique about their offering is that it's a SaaS service. Vito, high five. This model is going to be, I think, Vito, I'm going to have to like look back on it. I'm going to have to give him a lot of credit for a lot of stuff, but like, Starting starting with the lifetime sales, but like WordPress as a SaaS service with a plugin integration means that they can deliver things faster, better, easier into the WordPress ecosystem because they're doing all the heavy lifting on their side of things. And it's not like a phone home model, but it's like instant satisfaction. So I've done several videos on this. And their team is amazing to work with. But in general, what's the differentiator is they work across platform. Another similarity to the veto conversation. So, again, keep an eye out. I'm sorry to interrupt, Spencer, but I can't concentrate what you're saying because I'm looking at Sharon and how she treated her cat. Uh, um, (laughs) She's handing out the The discipline was quite impressive. Uh, um, She doesn't do that. You have the cat comparatives. You have the cat relationships on display uh, below here. Yeah, I think I should do that. the well, let's yeah, let's the put it this way: it's a good thing I don't have children because they would, based on the cat. Sorry, Spencer, I've been spoiled. you were in full flow, but I just couldn't help okay. myself. Spencer, my cats are now. very well disciplined. When I tell them to do something, they do it. <laughs> you know, that, is that the same mythology you're using with me, Sharon? The, uh, right, well, that's um, a bigger discussion. All right, there we go. Uh, um, Sorry, Spencer, um, you go ahead with your train of thought. It's not. It is Jonathan's ADD. <laughs> it's not yours. It's okay. So, the 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 thing that's a takeaway for the WordPress crowd here is keep an eye on this model. Specifically, watch Weglot because actually I have a, a little bit of some say into what's happening with a lot of their marketing and placement. And I'm saying that this model of WordPress SaaS with a plug-in connection offers a very powerful and a very unique benefit, both for the end user and the maker. Because, as I was about to say, this is a cross-platform tool. And when you have web properties and you're using lots of services, just do the math for a second. Imagine, remember three weeks ago we were talking about like, block components, but they weren't really talking about Gutenberg block. They were talking about blocks to work all over block the place. Block protocol. Yeah. Guess what? You kind of get that benefit here because you can have content that you create that's translatable, but it can be across different platforms and you have your curated, you know, idiomatic synchronicity, synchro, uh, um, idiosyncrasies. So for example, in Spanish, there's cultural dialect differences. And so you can't just like have a global translation or you would sound like somebody from Georgia talking in Chicago. So by by being able to apply that at the SaaS level, you can have your WordPress site and your Shopify site and your other places where this works. So I'm 
really excited about this at those two levels is that WordPress companies being able to create some SaaS level thing that's delivered as a plugin, but also for the WordPress user, you turn this thing on and immediately your site completely translates as a starting point, which is far different than what happens on those other plugins as well. And I think that's a competitive advantage. Oh. For any, any so, um, Heather, um, I think one of the things I loved about this story is that they got outside investment. They didn't have to go to a hosting company. Um, and this is a sizable amount of money. So do you think more com- more investors are looking at WordPress plugin services with a better light in general? I mean, I think that it's always, I mean, it just depends on the company whether you want to go for outside investment or not. Like when you when you get that much money of, of outside, I mean, they wanted seed funding. Um, they they then went the route of of getting um, Series A. Um, you see that they they passed ten million euro ARR. So that's that's something that a VC is going to look favorably on. Like this, it doesn't matter that it's a WordPress plugin. It is an actual tangible product that has revenue. Um, most WordPress plugins are not that. Um, if you, if you come to me with my investor hat on, um, if you come to my fund, uh, and you say like, I have a product that's generating revenue that, that has an IP that can't be copied or can't, can't be copied easily. That is a product people want. Um, then like, we're going to take you seriously. It doesn't matter if it's WordPress. But by the way, Heather makes a great point. I didn't pick up on that, but the thing you just said having the proprietary code on the SaaS side of things. So it's open source, but only as an ability to connect to our proprietary stuff. That's that's kind of like a great way around the rules, isn't it? And then I'm not saying it in any nefarious way. I'm saying it in a legitimate, you see actually uh, some of Syed's products do that with the form builders and so forth. Like the forms are over here, but you, you know you get it over there. That That is a way to please all of the people you have to please, especially with outside investors. Because they definitely look more favorably on that. So, uh, Vito, um, I see this increasingly as a model where um, you don't, and I I see it becoming even more of a hybrid model where you have a certain set of of functionality that's in a plugin, but you have another um, extra functionality which is on a maybe on a higher plan or optional plan, which you obtain from a on a kind of server-based SaaS model, mixing the two. So the actual um, company becomes more attractive to invest in. Do you agree where I'm coming from? And um, where do you think this is going, Vito? Um, first of all, I love that, they, they, that uh, they're growing and the speed and um, and Wiglot are doing great work behind the scenes. They're, they're just building a company, you know, and that's something that I really... Um, um, appreciate about uh, how they work. Um, they did do a seed round of a 600k back in 2017, from what I saw on uh, Crunchbase uh, um, I, when when this was released yesterday. Uh, and uh, this is kind of like that's where this went into the A round. But going from 600k to 10 million ARR is a huge f- uh, achievement. Uh, and uh, so. One thing that I liked about what you said, Heather, and I agree with with that, uh, uh, Jonathan, that um, having having it uh, having everything sitting inside the plugin just limits your ability to protect the product. And unfortunately, with all of the love and uh, uh, that we have for open source and all of this, it does get abused constantly. Uh, so, uh, so having that ability to have a part of it that is open source and people can actually hook on to some things and expand on and do all of those kind of things, but then have the basic or the have the the engine running on the SaaS side is something that we transitioned to um, a year and a half ago or uh, a little less than that. Uh, that allows us to serve the customer better, um, also serve the company better with a bigger vision. 
and I think that this is really the core of the um, uh, of the story here, uh, because what I loved and and I, I don't I don't know if it's written here. It's not written here, but if you see it on the Crunchbase uh, article, um, they want to be top of mind, you know, top of mind for translations everywhere on every single website in the world. Uh, this is not something an, uh, that happens a lot in our industry that someone comes in with this mission statement even way before that they actually have a potential to doing that. There's only a handful. I can literally count the companies on one hand that, uh, of companies that uh, have this stated internally that this is what they're trying to achieve. Uh, and when you have this big vision, you have a, a huge mission, then you can play in this type of uh, level and raise $50 million, 45 million euros uh, um, f- to achieve a goal this big because or else it's just, you can't. If they would have continued at this scale without doing this, it would have taken them 20, 30 years to get to this becoming the, the biggest solution. And someone would have done this by then. Uh, but by raising the 50 million, they actually saved themselves 10 years of the um, of what it would have taken uh, otherwise. Yeah. So, congrats! I love it. Let's see more of it. Yeah, I thought you might, um, Sharon. So, the way I the way I see why this is such good news, Sharon, is I see like I put to veto. I see more plugins having a kind of hybrid, Sharon, where. The core functionality is still open source, so you're not being entrapped into a pure SaaS um, model, which is sometimes very messy to get out of. But then what what attracts to the company is they can bolt on um, additional services that are SaaS-based, so they they are not got everything they're offering in open source, which Vito pointed out can be abused and makes the company less attractive for people to invest in. Do you think I'm on the right track? And do you think we're going to see more of this, Sharon? Yes, of course you're on the right track. I'm just laughing at all Sally's messages. <laughs> um, so, yes, and I do see more companies. I mean, we we have seen it already, you know, based on other companies, uh, uh, selling and getting more income, uh, you know, avail- available capital. Uh, you know, companies want to put themselves out there and make the best product that they can. Uh, you know, it's and I, I give them more kudos for that because more products that they can develop and make better, the more employees that they're hiring. So that's giving people a good leg up <laughs> that need it probably need a job. <laughs> Yeah, I've kind of, um, I kind of, I like to respond to Vita and yourself, Sharon. It's, um, I really see, um, and the one company, and, and obviously they sponsor the show tribe, but it's not, is um, Craig and Castos, because I really think they've got this blend of having a plugin that has real core functionality, but then they've bolted on a whole SaaS hosting podcast other services on top of that plugin. They weren't so exactly the, the first to do that. Well, then, yeah, but other people, you know, certain two brines that tried to do this with a certain product, they totally failed. Where my beloved um, Craig have been highly successful at it, Sally. I was thinking of Blueberry, which has been rocking uh, the uh, both their hosting and their uh, PowerPress plugin forever. Yes. Oh, we won't go there because they don't sponsor the show, do they, Sally? Uh, oh, I, I'm not. I'm not saying Castos is not a great example. They are. They 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 just weren't. You know, they they just didn't invent it. Um, you, you can come on the show anytime you like, Sally. Uh, um, you said the right words, so there we go. Uh, um, she's on message. This is what I like. Uh, um, on, to, <laughs> on, to, on to the next story. Um, uh, bless my little heart if I've got one. I, I got a lot of email panel f- about my remarks last week. Um, I got some real fan email panel. Um, I loved it. Uh, Rub, so there we go. Uh, Rub, how I'm sure how they're well deserved, Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you for you, those kind. You were quite blunt in your in your last newsletter. Never, I'll never be blunt, <laughs> would I? Uh, Rob, how? <laughs> on to the next story, and Vito will love this one. I, I, I just produced this story just for you, Vito. So there we go. Uh, um, how we manage projects at Howard Development and Consultation. So, Vito, I'm sure you've got a few thoughts about this particular... Uh, what was your thoughts about this particular article? So, um, what um, uh, Gavin is describing here is talking about the Agile methodology and how uh, uh, how using uh, Scrum principles, implementing Scrum principles from that methodology helps them deliver their products to their customers. Um, first of all, Project management is a key component of everything that we do as service providers, building websites, building experiences. So this is uh, our job doesn't end on the creative side. We need to organize in order for us to deliver. So I definitely recommend uh, reading this article and more about project management. And I encourage every person that wants to become or already is uh, a website professional to invest time in the same way that we learn H- uh, CSS and the same way that we learn the the new Gutenberg about the new Gutenberg block, invest into systemizing your work, systemizing the way that you do deliver to your customers. This is gonna be the one the thing that is gonna drive your business forward more than knowing about an extra plugin. Um, now, with that in mind. Um, the way that uh, this article is described uh, or the methodology that is described in this article is more about development uh, where you're building features, you're building small components uh, one at a time or in sprints with this uh, with this concept, um, which is great. And this is how we do this internally as well. Uh, and he's talking about not trying to systemize or creating too much of a, of a workflow because they like the fact that they are agile and that they can move fast. So I see the use case when it comes to building or to development. But when it comes to creating, a, um, um, let's say, websites, right? So I, I think that a lot of the people that are listening to the show and most of the community, they are more in the practice of building a complete product like a full website and for small businesses, medium businesses. That does require systemization in a different way uh, because you have to have the different stages within the project that start and end. Uh, the beauty about Scrum is that, uh, or the Agile methodology is that it never ends. You just do another sprint, you finish that and you do another sprint and you finish that and do another one. And that makes sense when you're building a product long-term but when you have a project that you got to get done fast to create profitability for your own business, then this is not the right way to do it. Uh, you want to make sure that there are defined deadlines for the five to seven stages of the project and just follow them until you get to the final check. Because if you're going to go down this route, you're going to go into like a never ending scope creep. Uh, which is good for the after the build, but not during the initial project. Yeah, funny way. So you have a, the the problem is project. I call it pro, I call it project inflation. You know, as you start digging in, normally um, the client finds more and more stuff. Yeah. We wouldn't know about That's this, good. Sharon. We this wouldn't know about that, this, Sharon. Project inflation. People just, just get inspired by the Never possibility. Had Never happens project inflation. So, Heather, how do you, you know, obviously I agree with the sentiments that Vito have just expressed, but how, but the problem is I'm trying, um, there's always project inflation, you know. Uh, um, how do you deal with these two opposite forces? You want a... Um, you want process, but then you're dealing with something very fluid at the same time, aren't you? Well, okay. So, I mean, just like Vito said, it comes down to making sure that you have a really, really well-defined scope before you even begin the project. Um, and if you, no, I mean, you're laughing, but. I mean, yeah, but half the clientele don't even know what, what well, they that, really want, do they? But that's, that's your job. Like, you're the expert. They're coming to you because you are the expert and they don't know. So you have to guide them toward before you ever start a build, um, figuring out, like pulling that vision from their head. 
And then you have to make suggestions on like the realm of the possible. So like, this is like this thing that you want, like, I can do this. This is possible. This is five years away. And, um, once, once you have like the elements, like the basic elements defined, then you say, okay, so our version one, um, like, this is what we're going to do. And then whenever they come back to you with like, I want to change this. So when you're like, okay, we're going to table that for version two. And, and you just have to be yes with no. Build the upsell into the initial project. And then you have work for forever. Yeah. I love it. So yes, definitely with the scope creep, you have to get practiced at things like um, <clears throat> uh, 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 saying things like, yes, we can do that. And if we do it now, it will delay the project by X and it will add Y to your, bu- to your budget. Um, yeah, and, and sure. it's, ama- it's amazing how quickly they decide they don't need it urgently when you point out that it will cost them extra money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it all comes, I mean, and you can hear it in my voice, like the gravitas when I speak. I mean, I am a CTO. Like that is my job. Like, I mean, I, we're talking to CEOs here. We're talking to VP, like, like CEOs, it's their jobs to sell. CTOs, my job is to say no. Like, I mean, I, I mean, I call it the contingent. Yes. Like, I mean, I, I tell people. So it's like you and the lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always like, I will never say like, I mean, well, I mean, to my internal team, like they hear no all the the freaking time, but like to an external client, like I will always say, yes, it's a time resource or money problem. Like, so like if you need this in like a week, then, uh, we need like to, we need more money to throw more resources at it. Or like, we can get this thing done for you. It's just going to cost X or whatever. Um, or we need more content from you. We need you to give us the content so that we can do this thing. And then as soon as you tell them they need to do more work, suddenly it's like, oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the main thing is you have to speak with authority because you are the authority. They wouldn't be coming to you if you were not the expert. So, Spencer, I'm going to be a bit negative. Surprise, surprise, Spencer. I'm going to be a bit negative about some of the comments of the panel. Um, I think it all makes shocking. sense. It may, yeah, it's shocking, isn't it? It all makes sense. Um, everybody, you know, Heather, Vito, Sally. But I've got to be honest, it's like bloody herding cats. They're um, trying to deal with bloody clientele. Their capacity to implode any kind of project management upon them is based on my experience endless uh um their ability like i say it's like bloody herding cats got any insights first of all i want to say i love 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 howard consulting for the way they're doing business but i went to their website and looked at the nice video he made their average client is in the twenty five thousand dollar range so the first thing that one has to apply to both the, the completely valid comments by Vito and Heather is what applies to a $25,000 to $100,000 client is not the same thing that applies to a, hey, man, I'm making a ballerina site for my daughter and I've got 12 cents to spend on it. So like as a freelancer, one has to understand the budget of their client first because that defines their experience. I've taught and talked about here a million times over the last 16 years. It is easier to get a yes out of somebody that has a $100,000 budget than somebody who has a $100 budget because those people know what time is in terms of value and money and so forth. So everything applies, but you have to look at it in the same way like maybe buying an engagement ring. You can get a five-carat you know, perfect stone from Costco for this much and then multiply it times 10 to get it from Tiffany's because you're buying the box and the experience. Having said that, when you're working with large teams of people, especially in a SaaS madness will apply some of these styles. Yeah, did I, did I hiccup there? Yeah, you kind of froze. Um, I think it was a message from the people that don't like what you're saying. So the, the point I'm saying is when you're dealing with a client who has a legitimate budget, like they do at Howard Development, you absolutely must apply some kind of both management strategy as well as 
here's what you're going to pay for the change orders. And I can apply my previous experience in the real estate development world for that. When we were doing a little single family house or something that was like, you know, wing it as we go, that is not the same as a 20 unit apartment building where you can't just merely change out 20 kitchens or something. You have to go through an entire process because otherwise- well, you can, but you go bankrupt pretty quick, so, won't you? The takeaway is, I think we always need to define for freelancers who are listening to what we're babbling on about, who's your client first? And then you have different strategies, different things that apply because they're different in the way they they react and the, the jobs are. Yeah, that's, I I agree with everything you say there, Spencer. Very good. Uh, we're going to go for our break. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> I know you've got things to say, Sharon, but I'm trying to keep the thing. That, I'm not being rude. No, go so. ahead. All right. Our, um, our, uh, there we go. I'll let Sharon uh, uh, some extra time in the second half. And we're going to go for our break. We'll be back. We've got some other great stories. Sharon's gasping to say something about this, but there we go. Uh, uh, we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Hi there, folks. Are you looking to build modern shopping cart landing pages using the power of WooCommerce for yourself or for clients? And you want to do that quickly with little need to know about hand coding? Well, if the answer is yes, and it should be, I've got the perfect answer for you, and that's Launch Flows. Launch Flows is the most modern and easiest way of building modern landing shopping pages for your clients. It also works natively with Gutenberg and the leading page builders like Alamator or Divi. It's really flexible, really powerful. I'm Bertha, an AI-based writing assistant to help you write better content on your WordPress website. In just a few clicks, you can ask me to help you write outstanding content for your website that's guaranteed to convert from blog posts to landing pages to product pages. Never be left with that blank page again. You can try me for free on Bertha.ai. See you soon. We're coming back. It's been a great discussion from the panel. Vito's managing to keep awake. He hasn't nodded off on camera. He's done well. Uh, Rob, he looks he looks like somebody that hasn't had 24 hours of sleep. Uh, he's just about keeping going. Um, 21 hour days for the past week uh, and drinking every night. Uh, I, I went back to my oh, well. days. <laughs> you better not yeah. say that to your wife. She, you'll get no sympathy because you've been drinking. Uh, Rob, so... Uh, Rob, before we go into the other stories, I want to point out, you need to sign up for the great WP Tonic newsletter um, tribe. Uh, um, I write an editorial that many people email me about with their insights about my lack of insight. And uh, um, also the panel's recommendations, plus the stories if you miss the great podcast. It all goes into your inbox every Monday. What more could you ask for? To get this superb and, let's say, controversial newsletter, all you have to do (laughs) is go to the WP Tonic slash newsletter and sign up, and it will be sent directly to your inbox. Now, on to... um, Oh, before um, I go on to... The next story, um, I didn't want to do this at the beginning because I didn't want to downer. Um, I just want to um, say that my thoughts and um, go to the people of Maribel and I dedicate this podcast to your struggle, your will to resist as humbled me as a human being and I'm 100% with you and your struggle, people of Maripol. I just want to say that. Um, <laughs> uh, on to story three. Um, WP, go on, sorry. Somebody wants, oh, was that for you, Sharon? 
Yeah, I still want to go back to the other. Oh, you're eager, aren't you? You're eager. Off you go, Sharon. (laughs) I just wanted to pose the question. Have any of you guys been through Agile training? Because, it, yeah, thank you, Heather. Heather knows what Agile training is, Vito. And this is what Agile looks like. (laughs) If you have not been there, (laughs) Um, there's a lot of processes in it. And, you know, I give kudos to uh, the company that is trying to streamline those processes. And I just want to mention that I just happened to find another company that is actually also trying to streamline that process and they're called Parable. Um, They actually have taken the agile methodology and trying to shorten this, uh, uh, whereas Scrum you do like daily meetings and stuff and they are shortening that to uh, less meetings and better effort. So, you know, look at parable.co if you're wanting to find another (laughs) way to do agile. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, something corporate America definitely wants to learn from. Less meetings, more doing. Uh, um, definitely, uh, um, it would help this country enormously. Americans love their bloody meetings. I hate them. Uh, um, there we go. Uh, um, Oh, okay, you can move on now. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jim, I do appreciate that. Uh, um, on to WP Engine Pantheon, another. Drop support Russian business customers. So, Spencer, what do you think about dropping all the Russian customers? Um, my family's Ukrainian, but not first generation. I have lots of friends who are Russian. I think that the thing I want to say first is that this is not a cultural war between Russia and Ukraine. It is between Putin and the rest of the world, especially the people that are exactly the same in many ways across those two countries. So this would be like people from Wisconsin crossing the border and starting a war where they just started murdering people in Illinois. This is not the people themselves or even the army people. But having said that, we live in a world which is very interesting because I'm a student of history, especially the World War II era and everything else. This one individual is trying to call up metaphors and and kind of cultural and other political things that are completely upside down backwards. But for the first time, and I say thankfully, the world and the social media and everything has come together to kind of like shine some sense on what's really happening. In other words, even the pundits are saying like up is down and down is up with this. And the things that we can do with a crazy person like Putin, who has a nuclear arsenal and chemical weapons, is to not rush into, let's send troops in there. So the best thing that we can do is to put the pressure on all those places that civilized human beings can put it. The wallet, the finances, the personal you know, benefits or other things of the oligarchs and so forth. So there was a story where somebody had posted a plugin inside of the WordPress repository that had nothing more than to put the big Z in support of Russia's moves. And this is an example of like, again, I'm very liberal, but like the liberal response of Mick Epstein and other people was like, we have to let it stay in there because it's whatever. And then everybody kind of said, no, this is like putting a swastika in there. And finally, some sensibility came. So my point is any Western business has to address this like, We don't have to punish the Russian people, but we have to punish anything and everything that's connected to doing business with Russia if their society is deciding to make this move, because that's the only tool at our disposal, is to cut them off from civilization. And if, if and when Putin is removed or gets removed or removes himself or whatever, then they can be allowed to come back into society. But it's literally just that, society or not. And that's it. And I think any company like that bullshit pizza founder, the, 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 the I forget what the name of the company is, but the guy who would have his founder removed, to, to give these double standards like, oh, the Russians like pizza. No, because then it doesn't work. And we already know that the Koch brothers and these other globalists already do business with selling stuff under the table. And we see how that goes badly. Our biggest fear is beyond that, whether China will get on board. If China would come on board with this kind of thing, 
I think the game would be over because that would be the final, you know, like final move of Russia has no options left. They can't stand alone in the world. But right now we're everybody and then there's Russia and China. And if Russia wants to become a servant of, of China and get all their stuff from them, fine. But that's the only pressure that we can have. I think it's, it's horrible either way. And all the other atrocities are just standing in full view for everybody. I find it really hard for anybody to try to, after this is over, figure out a way to explain away what was done here in the last month or so. Yeah, sure. So, Vito, um, I'm, I will always be a supporter of Israel um, in my heart. Um, I don't agree with everything the Israeli government has done over the past 10 years, but in my heart, I always will be a supporter of Israel. And your country has known when people have invaded it and tried to wipe it off the map. And you and Israel have successfully defended yourself. I don't know why people are so surprised why the people of Ukraine are successfully fought, because they've got passion, haven't they? But on the other hand, um, these kind of sanctions and banning, do they really, do, do they just really affect the normal people of Russia, the oligarchs and the real supporters of Putin, they've got all their money stashed everywhere anyway, haven't they? they they're not going to really be affected. It just affects the normal Russian. What's your thoughts, Vito? So um, it, it, is a, it is an interesting point that you're raising when it comes to uh, Israel, which is my uh, hometown or my home country. Uh, and um, because there's there's like two sides to this, you know, and there's people that support our side or the Israeli side, the people support the other side. But there's um, a very kind of like a weird conflict that is going on over there. I grew up in war. You know, my one of my my first memory, one of my first memories was four years when I was four years old, uh, being taught how to get under a table because Iraq was bombing us in the in the in in the. A Gulf War, you know, the first Gulf War, 91. So, and then it happened more than 10 times since then. Uh, so um, this is kind of the day-to-day reality there. We're, unfortunately, it's not really something that we even get um, excited about or emotional about. It's just part of life, you know, that, that war happens. Uh, um, uh, I think that this uh, personally has detached me a little bit from this conflict because to me it's like okay there's another war going on it, it happens uh, even though i see what's going on over there which is uh, to me it's shocking that it's happening within europe uh, and not in other places around the world because it does happen around the world uh, every day and people don't get so uh, uh, riled out about this uh, when it comes to what we're talking about here on the article um, banning um, banning a country because of its actions. Uh, that I do have um, uh, some experience with because, like, for example, last year, um, Ben and Jerry's decided that they're not selling in Israel anymore, right? So there's no ice cream in Israel. Um, oh. No. So, like, there's no... So what really happens is that this just gets... Um, and I can tell you from the inside of how these things happen over there, Usually what happens is that uh, the the locals just kind of like, uh, you know, it, it gets a few headlines if it's a big company for, for a bit. And then you just reorganize and you don't need them anymore. So, um, so you know, there's plenty of hosting companies that can replace uh, WP Engine, Pantheon and, and others uh, internally within Russia. So it's just a minor inconvenience. That's what it's going to be for the, for the local uh, market. Uh, and it, I think that it actually does the opposite from what Spencer is thinking, because it just makes the internal country become more self-reliant, which makes it stronger. It makes its economy stronger uh, uh, in the long run. It's annoying in the short run. It's an inconvenience in the short run, but it makes uh, um, it, it, it makes uh, the country be more industrious. Uh, There's by a difference Israel more. and Russia because the history of Russia is not the same. When you look at the history of Israel, you, that's your country, but obviously, you know, we share that history. 
that yeah. they the indus, the industrial and innovative ways around things is the nature of the people that founded Israel and Israel itself. Whereas it's in Russia, in Russia the, the history is unfortunately like the people just go, yeah, well, it sucks, and that's what. And what happens is, even in the 1990s, there was people queuing up while the rest of the world was partying, queuing up for like a loaf of bread. Like, eh, what right. can we do? You know, they got to talk. So the problem right. is that in Russia, the people that got used to for the last 30 years, westernized goods and services and the young people, I think it's more like the the kind of like a re revolution of the Arab countries in the spring. The younger people are going to be like, hey, we had it. You gave it away. Like, we're not right. going to stand for this to happen. And it is so, a problem, you know. So have a... Um, big question here, but I'm sure you're up for it, Heather. Um, I've got very mixed feelings about all this because you've got the example of South Africa where sanctions, I think most people would say sanctions really had a clear part in getting rid of a really horrible, horrible regime in South Africa. Really, really nasty. Um, but then you've got the example of Iraq where sanctions and other countries where sanctions have been imposed, um, like North Korea, Iraq. And the only thing, the leadership of those countries still lived in luxury and the only people that seemed to suffer were normal people, children, um, basically just the normal people of those countries. And it really didn't affect the leadership because they still lived in luxury. Where, where is it a case by case? Or, or have the examples I've just put to you in some way wrong? I mean, it, it's, it's really, I mean, it, it is, Definitely a case by case, but I mean, I was just in the Maldives, and I mean, if anyone's been following the 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 sanctions uh, blowback, um, they'll see that there are a lot of actual like everyday uh, Russians and Ukrainians stuck around the world right now um, because their flights are canceled. They can't get to Ukraine. They can't get to Russia. Their credit cards are turned off they they have no way of getting money um so like actual everyday people are being hurt um because of this war um like i mean at at my little atoll in the maldives that were that had 100 people like the staff and the 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 um the people staying there um there were about 20 people from russia that were stuck because they had no way to pay and they had no way to leave and in Indonesia right now, there's there's something like 8,000 people stuck there with no way to pay and no way to leave. And like this is what the sanctions are doing to everyday non-oligarch real world Russians. Like forget ice cream, forget like forget like the, the newspaper, like I mean, Pravda will rise again. But there are actual people that are being hurt. Like there, there are people that are in jails in in random countries right now because they can't afford their hotel bill. <laughs> like there are homeless. There's ten thousand refugees from that are displaced from Ukraine that are being. I mean, like I'm I'm Jewish too. Uh, like I remember, like one of the reasons I love the country Mauritius is because it was the only place in the entire world that would take the. Um, that would take the Jews when Hitler was like, before he ever started the concentration, like before he ever started hmm. anything like Mauritius was like, I will take your people, a Muslim country in the Indian ocean took people when no one else would. So it's, it's a, it's a very complex thing. It's, it goes beyond, I mean, this, the sanctions are working in weird ways. Yeah, thanks for that. So, Sally, isn't it um, the basic fact, though, I take everything that Heather, I've been the devil's advocate here, Sally, surprise, surprise. Um, you can I'm take shocked, everything. I tell you. Yeah, you're shocked, aren't you? But 
Isn't the brutal truth is that, yeah, that's terrible what Heather says, but unless people have their lives disrupted, unless they suffer in Russia, the normal citizen, it's just easier just to say, well, it's got nothing to do with me, what's going on in Ukraine. I just keep my head down. I won't say anything. I won't do anything. But by the sanctions, you're forcing them to confront what their government's up to. Well, are you? Because what people are hearing in Russia from Putin is this is all a terrible conspiracy against Russia by the West. And one of the issues, uh, as a colleague of mine who works for the Internet Society shared that's been discussed in, in his company, is that, well, if you cut off Internet access to Russia, in a way, you're doing what Putin wants. You're keeping outside news from getting in. You're keeping, you know, inside news from getting out. And, uh, you know, I would totally support, you know, oh, if it's something that we know is connected to the government, if it's something that we know is is making Putin money, then, uh, you know, you'd want to stop doing uh, business with them. But, uh, you know, at, at the same time, there's going to be negative effects. And yet, um, you know, if the U.S. Uh, sent troops in, would there be fewer negative effects? It's really, you know, it's like there aren't any good answers no. in a I, circumstance like this. I know that if I were a Russian that's sitting in a in a jail in Bali right now, I would really, really hate the U.S. and Canada and the EU. Of course you would. But if they're in Bali, these people have access to Western media, so completely, you know... Not in jail. Well, I'm just saying, if you're outside... if Hold on. If you're a Russian who's displaced by this, unfortunately, if you're incarcerated or not, you have access to Western media. And sure, you can believe what you want to believe. But when you look at the bulk of the actual evidence, I mean, across, see for yourself, it would be really hard for a normal person. Although, again, here in America, we had this whole red and yeah, blue like thing. we like but, anybody in the U.S. should speak about being. You but know, I'm saying, I'm saying this is the this is the problem, isn't it? Like, like politics. in America, you have people that are to this day believing January sixth was a great thing. People will believe what they want to believe, but there is no other choice because we can't roll on into Ukraine. As soon as we do, it gives him the justification. He's just waiting for the justification to use chemical and nuclear weapons. That's just, the problem. I can just tell you that the people around me were angry. Of course. Yeah, but they're going to be angry anyway because this is a disruption. He decided to make an unprovocated move forward and now everybody is suffering. Imagine the same thing about the businesses. I just opened up 8 million Ukrainian businesses or, you know, I helped all these Ukrainian people. And now people are being murdered, shelled in their own homes. I mean, you got to put it in context of war does not create good situations for anybody. And yeah, it sucks that you're in Bali. Well, no, but but I mean, it's not it's not just that. It's just if the people are raised to be patriotic, like you're still going to side with your own country. But they've always done that since I was, you know, I'm the oldest one here. And since I was a little kid, we were talking. No, you don't. Oh, I have. Well, uh, yeah, no, sorry. But, but I mean, like, you're a little younger than I am. But I mean, if it's a war, like even red and blue are going to side together, USA against everyone else. Like when, when there is a war, we still are like patriotic. And every country does that because we're raised to do that. Like you still fight. Like I mean, encourages nationalism. Uh, yeah. so, exactly. But in this case, we have the one unique situation, which is where I was thinking this was a real interesting moment in time. When you look at it, there's maybe three or four countries, with the exception, but the entire rest of the world is unified in saying this is an act to be condemned. Even in World War II, it wasn't that simple. And certainly not during the Cold War was it that simple. And certainly not all the infinite wars in between in these smaller countries that we can play chess with. But here, this is like, whoa, slow down. This is a major superpower that just decided to roll on in and start shelling civilians. And now China is sided with them like internally. I mean, externally, they're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But internally, all of their media is like, like, I mean, they're telling all of their two billion citizens like that this is like a just thing that Putin is doing. So they're for the getting moment, it. Yeah. 
Yeah, Surprise. Of, course, of course they are, because they might want to do it themselves. But, but, but China is the real winner here either way, because China gets to choose. Does it need or want to be the puppet master and supply Russia for the infinite future for the next 20, 30 years? Or does it want to say, whoa, like all of our buyers and customers and banking relationships are in the West and we're going to be a pariah if we're seen as supporting this kind of activity. And Putin is 70. He's not going to live forever. So, I mean, I remember going from, you know, like the old school Russian Soviets through Gorbachev and, and Yeltsin and everybody else. And Putin is only here for a couple more years. And now what is China going to do? Because like they got to make a choice. This will set their their world perception for years to come. If they act as the puppet master and keep supporting Russia, despite all of what's going on, then they have to decide how much they're willing to isolate themselves from the West as far as consumerism and stuff. Well, that, that's for another podcast. So, uh, but thank you, panel. I'm sorry, Sharon. I'm doing it again. You can't Sharon. solve the entire world's problems. I'll be nasty to Sharon, but not intentionally, I might add. Uh, um, we need to go on... Sharon, when I first uh, came on uh, Jonathan's podcast, I learned that you have to shout to get heard. <laughs> I, I don't mind, Vito, because actually this is part of the conversation, or actually this topic is part of the conversation that I really don't care to be involved in. <laughs> it's, uh, I just want peace all around the world. I don't yeah. like war. Obviously, nobody yeah. likes war. But I just want everybody to get along. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> I think that's something that we all yeah. can agree on. Yeah, <laughs> we all want to get on. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, we have some people driven. He's not mad, I don't think. No, I think. No, I, I, I think. I think he's got a personality disorder, and he's driven by ideology. And when you've got somebody driven by a passionate ideology, you can't really reason with them. So uh, um, there we go. Uh, um, so things will we will see how things work out. Uh, thank you, panel. So on to recommendations of the week. Who shall I? Let's start with Sharon. Uh, um, so Sharon, uh, um, what recommendation have you got for the tribe? Well, I'm going to stick with my WooCommerce fans and give them another good plug-in, and it's it's by uh, Get Woo Plugins. And uh, I have, I can tell you from experience, I have worked with a lot of variation swatches from WooCommerce plugins to everybody. But I have to say, this one is the best I have found so far. <laughs> um, so it's called uh, Variation Swatches for WooCommerce, but it's by Get Woo Plugins. And what does it do? Uh, well, if you know anything about product variations like colors, sizes, and, um, you know, different things that you need to put in a, into a product variation, it helps with uh, displaying the product variation swatches. All right. It's got the best, um, so it's got the best options because it's got multiple options that you can't find in other plugins. You just can't find them anywhere else. There we go. Uh, um, so, Sally, Sally, what's your recommendation to the panel? Uh, to the my, tribe, I should say. My recommendation uh, to let everybody know about is that um, <laughs> speaker applications are open for WordCamp US. You mean uh, going to some godforsaken place in December that's freezing bloody cold? It's in you can't, you can't get a flight. You can't get a bloody flight anyway. What? Nice. It's in San Diego. Oh, well, there we go. Hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's warm, which, John. Which is almost guaranteed to be, yes, and it's even in the same time zone, and I'm hoping that uh, not only can I go, but I can actually drive there. Um, oh, my God. But I'm going to the European. I'm going to Porto. I'm, you know, I'll book my flight. I'll be seeing Vito. We'll be sharing a yeah. few drinks. So there we go. <laughs> I'm speaking there actually, which was really exciting to uh, be chosen because uh, speaking at WordCamp Europe was one of the five things that I wrote when I started the company that I wanted that I kind of wanted to achieve. Uh, so that was really exciting to get that email. And we're also sponsoring, so I'm excited to see you uh, there, Jonathan. All right, great. Heather, 
Have you got a recommendation? And make sure you put it in the Slack channel, Heather, please. Uh, yeah. So um, another conference. It's just a reminder that I will be in England for those of you following in England uh, in uh, May uh, at DevOx UK. So it's a polyglot conference. Come and learn about how to do things in React and other things. <laughs> uh, but no, just uh, there's a great uh, there's a great uh, personal growth. Uh, uh, for developers track um, that is really important uh, for people. So uh, DevOx UK, May uh, 13th through 16th, I believe, um, but I will put the dates. It doesn't. Personal growth developers, is that really? Come on, I'm not going I mean, there, other than <laughs> coding, I mean, in addition to all the coding. Well, yes, um, really clearly coding. by your comment, Jonathan, yeah. personal growth for developers is desperately needed. Yeah, um, no, we, we've been some of their Some of their here. communication abilities could be questioned, that's for sure. Uh, um, um, Spencer, uh, um, got a recommendation for the tribe? I do. So I want everybody to check out Never Install. This is a a really, really awesome idea because this is something that's existed before, but it's now like we started the today's conversation in a similar frame. Imagine instead of paying two thousand dollars to buy the new Studio Mac thing from last week, I was arguing about, right? Or you're on PC and you want to run Mac or Mac and want to run PC. This is essentially a service that takes advantage of the high-speed graphic interface that allows somebody to see a remote screen and move the mouse. So they offer you a virtual high-end computing experience to run any of your favorite apps through whatever device you're using locally. It's kind of like the old-fashioned, you know, dial-in, manager screen kind of devices, but now you just pay it as a subscription. So I can run, theoretically just with a keyboard and an ordinary connection, a, a huge high-end, you know, Photoshop something on a Mac in the virtual space that they have all the software, they have all the stuff that you can connect to. And it essentially prevents the need for you to buy a machine or have a machine. And since you can take your, you know, laptop or whatever, or go to a hotel computer, you can run all your great stuff remotely in the cloud. I'm sure Tim Cook's list. I'm sure Tim Cook's buying them out. Next well, week. I want to tell you something that isn't related to this, but that I heard is that Apple is now exploring something that's been very common in the UK for a long time. Apple's exploring finally, because my other arguing about this, leasing phones. In other words, instead of paying fifteen hundred and waiting for your goddamn oh, hardware coming, update, tribe, he's back on to that. You can pay thirty bucks a month in this new system, like in UK, and just essentially for X number, what, three years, lease your iPhone, and at the end you can buy it out like a car. And I think that's actually a great idea because... Like, you got you got to buy American capitalism, you know, don't just lease everything we're, to we're you, so you a, own nothing ever. So, so basically, what you're saying, um, Spence, is that they have reinvented the dumb terminal. What I'm saying is that what's old is new again because we're living in basically a, a, a virtual uh, subscription economy, okay? And it's really true. Like Airbnb or, you know, Netflix, Hulu, whatever, instead of buying a wall full of DVDs or owning a house or doing this, you can literally have a life where you have all the best stuff and you essentially <laughs> like I say, you got to buy American capitalism to turn the population. But it makes a lot of subs- sense because... Just subscribers, <laughs> you know, you just got to admire it. You really do. If, I only, think- if only it applied to relationships in the real world. If only could you could rent your new partner or your best friend. And then, yeah. you know, Jonathan, you'd be good to go. You can. It's just not always legal. <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm so tempted, but I'm not. Um, Vito, have you got a recommendation for our beloved tribe? I do. Uh, It's a company called, uh, or product called Ranking Coach. And I met these guys at uh, Cloudfest this this past week, and it blew my mind. Really what it is, is an SEO service in a box. Uh, They don't do the service, but if if you don't know how to deliver SEO uh, services to your clients, All you need is this, because what you get is that you drop in the URL, you choose a few categories of the stuff that uh, 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 for for your type of uh, customer or your your the business that you want to uh, improve um, their visibility on search, and then you get something that looks very similar to like a Facebook or a Twitter feed with actions 
And they tell you like, uh, if you do this, then this is going to happen. It's going to take you 15 minutes. Click here to see exactly how. And then the next thing is the next one. And then so you keep scrolling and the more stuff you do, the better results you get. Um, as, uh, and it tracks your results. And every time that you keep scrolling, it refreshes and see what's coming next and what's coming next. So SEO is a never ending process. Uh, but all that you need to do from uh, with Ranking Coach is just execute. You don't need to know how to do SEO because they're just going to tell you where to click, what to do on every um, uh, th- every platform or every service that n- that you need to pay attention to. Oh, great. So, so Spencer, awesome. can you make sure that's in the Slack channel for me? And Vito, do you want to mention your conference that you're running? Yes, please. So at the end of last week of April, uh, the Web Agency Summit is back. This is the largest uh, gathering for web agencies and freelancers in the world. Um, last year, we had close to 6,000 attendees. And this year, we're trying to get to 10,000, even 11,000 attendees at the event. Uh, so uh, I would like to encourage everyone to come and join us. Amazing speakers, uh, amazing experience in the, in the networking areas. Um, awesome sponsors that are already... Uh, Vito, uh, you haven't asked me to be a speaker, Vito. Well, you should. Oh, there you go. I'm waiting for the <laughs> well, We actually closed down the speakers already. Well, so you have to find a special place for the, the dustbin. Okay. Uh, Rob, there we go. But it's going to be a great event. I strongly recommend that you go over to it. Vito's a friend. And um, it'll be other sleepless nights for you, Vito, as it approaches. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. It's time to end. (laughs) It's time to end the show. Vito has a baby. I'm sure he's used to sleepless nights. Yeah, there we go. Uh, um, We're going to. And there's another on the way, Sally. We just announced last. Good lord! What are you, masochist? Oh there, maybe oh, is. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going there, panel. Uh, um, we're going to wrap it up now, um, folks. <laughs> we will be back next week with another great panel, another great show. We see you soon. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind WordPress membership group on Facebook? And if you want to keep up with all the latest news on the podcast, visit wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.